With the first pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Orlando Magic select Paolo Bancaro. I didn't see it coming. You didn't see it coming. Nobody but Jeff Weltman really saw it coming. Paolo Bancaro is a member of the Orlando Magic. We'll break down what that means for the team, what didn't happen on draft night, plus your questions, and we'll talk a little bit about Kalen Houston as well and the number 32 pick. It's Magic After Midnight. It's Midnight Magic. I don't even know what I'm calling this. It's our live show on a Friday after the NBA draft. Well, the NBA draft is still technically going on. Uh, It's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed locked on magic. Today is June 24th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, if you're listening on the podcast or watching back on YouTube, we did a we're doing a live show recapping the NBA draft. So if you're watching this live, I will remind you throughout the course of the show. You can leave comments, I can react to them, ask questions. Let me know what's on your mind as the Orlando Magic surprise the NBA world and take Paolo Bancaro. What we will do on this podcast is we will discuss that pick, what it means for the Orlando Magic, maybe what we got wrong along the way or along the process, um, and why ultimately the Magic made this decision. We'll talk a little bit about Caleb Houston as well, who the Orlando Magic took with the 32nd pick in this year's draft, uh, and plenty more as we look ahead to a busy, busy, busy offseason. Once again, um, I will remind you all, if you have not done so already, or if you're watching, go ahead and leave comments in, in the chat section. I'm here to answer questions. We will stay as long as we need to stay. Otherwise, this will be a fairly normal episode of Locked on Magic. You just happen to watch the Magic live, pun intended. Um, that's, that's, just, that's just how it is. Before we go any further, though, I want to thank you all again for listening to, to, listening to Making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Whether you're watching us live, uploading us, downloading us in the morning, listening to us first thing in the morning, uh, Check, catching up on everything that happened on draft night. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So what is there to say? I mean, just first off, you know, just to me, this was extremely surprising. Um, we know how much Jeff Weltman and this Magic front office value information. We know how much... Um, gathering as much information as they can is is really valuable to them. So I will I will admit that I overlooked this. I did a podcast, um, even as the odds were changing, even as Vegas seemed to know something, saying that I, I thought Paolo Bancaro was falling off the pace. I'll, I'll get into some of the downsides of Paolo later on. We'll talk about why I didn't think that was the pick and whether that's something that we can overcome or or something that can change. But, um, but I, I will say, as we got closer to... Draft time. And when Woj went on ESP, you know, Woj kind of said everyone expects the draft to go this way. When Woj got up to the dais uh, uh, on ESPN's pre-show and said Paolo Bancaro's really in the running, uh, you knew something was up then because all of a sudden he completely changed his tune. And of course, uh, pa- uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN 
uh, brought his thesaurus out. And then, of course, Chris Haynes confirmed it as well that the Magic were taking Paolo Bancaro. As Paolo Bancaro himself said it, this was a bit of a surprise to him. Uh, you know, even five minutes before the draft, his agent, former Orlando Magic Rookie of the Year forward Mike Miller, uh, told him, hey, expect anything. Anything can happen tonight. Um, it, it definitely didn't seem like as was, you know, perhaps hinted at or reported at uh, that there was a, a souring between Bancaro and, and, the, and the Magic. The Magic, uh, Jeff Weltman later confirmed that Paolo Bancaro never did make it to Orlando for a workout. He was indeed scheduled for a workout over the weekend. That didn't happen. Apparently, it kept getting pushed back, according to several reports. Um, but the Magic were able to sit down and have an interview with him during the course of the week. And as Weltman said, we've had many points of contact with him at first time. They were able to do that. They were able to get the medicals. They were able to get the the, uh, the mental evaluation that they wanted. They were able to get all the evaluations that they wanted. They just didn't get to see him on the court. But of course, his play during the season certainly does the talking. This, again, just a complete shock. We were all thought Jabari Smith was the guy. I have my post-it note. I, 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 I jokingly crossed off Jabari Smith's name, but you could see what I was going for there yesterday. Um, it, it, look, it, it, it was really, really surprising, and 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 just just no other way around it. Everyone thought the draft was going to go one way, or that the Magic were going to do one thing, and Jeff Weltman and the Orlando Magic made a huge swerve. So, what are the Magic getting here in Palo Bancaro? What what is the team getting? Well. The biggest thing, the first thing they are getting is a primary scorer. A guy who can isolate and break down defenses. Um, as even Ben Carroll talked about when they when, when he talked about what Jamal Mosley discussed with them, the Magic don't run a lot of sets. Um, they're about playing and reacting. They're, it's, a, it's a read-based offense, um, which again, we'll, we'll, get to, so we'll get to some of those questions that I have, but the Magic ran the second fewest isolations in the entire league last year. Second fewest isolations per game in the entire league last year. Only the San Antonio Spurs ran fewer. Paolo Bancaro is going to give the Magic that dynamic. A guy that you can get the ball to in the low block, the mid post, and let him get a basket. Let him get to work. Let him drive in the lane, use his strength to, to suck the defense in and kick it back, kick it out to the perimeter, or just rise up and shoot over the defenders. I have I had Bancaro number one on my board through much of the college season. I had him number one on my board after the NCAA tournament, heading into the lottery. Uh, I will, again, talk a little bit about some of those downsides here in a little bit, some of the questions that we have for him in a little bit. Uh, but Ben Caro was the star. He was the guy that most screamed, I am a superstar. I am going to be the star of this draft. That is who Paolo Bancaro, that's who Paolo Bancaro plays like. He plays like, you know, I would describe, you know, some people have called him Thick Tatum. There's a little bit of that, and you know the Duke comparison certainly part of it. I would describe him as a very poor man's Carmelo Anthony. Obviously, Carmelo Anthony a much better scorer, uh, but Bancaro plays a lot of the same way. A lot of those kind of jab steps, a lot of the face up in the mid post, uh, you know, able to kind of create his own offense that way and create his own shot that way. Uh, again, this is not a fact that I like. It is not a stat that I that I. I hope this is a stat that I don't have to repeat. The Magic have not had a wing player, so a non-center. Score more than 20 points per game since since 2005 with Steve Francis. I want that to sink in. It has been nearly 20 years since the Magic have had a wing player, a non-center, score 20 points per game or more. The Magic actually have had very, very few players that have hit that mythical 20-point-per-game mark. Paolo Bancaro is someone that should get there, and honestly, I would expect him to get there his rookie year. I think he will have the opportunity. I think he will have the shots. 
I think that he will have every chance to be this player. He is the most NBA-ready of the three guys that we talked about at the top. He's big. He's strong. Um, he's 6'10", plays like a forward. You can play him a little bit as a center, um, you know, kind of screening for guys. He is a, a, he is not a super athlete, but he is strong enough to finish at the rim, jumping off two feet. He can hit that pull-up jumper. He can hit the turnaround jumper. You know, again, the biggest thing is adding the three-point shot and, and improving as a playmaker as well as a defender. But even there, you see the hints of all he can do. You see that he can get there. You see that he can build all that. So what does this pick mean for the Magic then? What does this selection, what does what the Magic are doing, um, what does what does this pick mean for Orlando and the way that they're building their team? Well, of course, the first thing that it do, that it means is the Magic now have that main guy. They have that main star. They have that primary option. And again, it's not something that they should just hand to him. He's got to prove that he can take those shots, that he's earned those shots. But if they play use him the same way that they used him at Duke, this is a guy that you can run your offense through. We all know Orlando has struggled offensively for the last decade. We all know Orlando has had several, 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 several issues. Um, there's just no get, there's just no getting around that. There's no changing that. Orlando was at the bottom or near the bottom in every single major offensive category last year. The only one that they weren't was pace, which, you know, who knows? Who knows what you want to do with that? Um, Bancaro gives this team a legitimate offensive option. Again, that's, that's you know, most people, when I said that the, you know, most the biggest criticism of taking Jabari Smith number one is they would all say, you know, Jabari Smith is a really nice player, but you don't draft Chris Middleton to be your star. And there's a point to that. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I don't know. I know I think Jabari Smith can certainly get there, but it is certainly a fair question whether you can build that team around a guy like that. Paolo Bancaro is the kind of player that you build an offense around. He is the kind of player that you do that with. And that's that's why I had him number one on my board throughout much of the late college season. Heading into the lottery, you know, I got cold feet cold feet a little bit. Um, you know, I told everyone I didn't care who the, who the pick is among these top three. All top three are all those top three are really, really good. Um, Bancaro is the one that screams star the most. That's that's the fact of the matter. And and, and that's what the magic are hoping to get. That's what the magic are hoping to get in Palo Bancaro. Um, if if the Magic were out to find their star, to find their offensive center in not center position, but offensive kind of son, like the, the guy that everyone orbits around, Palo Bancaro was always the pick. You know, sometimes sometimes we do overcomplicate these things. I talked a lot about it um, as we got closer and closer to the draft. We overcomplicate things. We get bored. We think up storylines, sometimes the answer is really, really simple. The Magic needed a guy who could get a bucket. They drafted a guy who could get a bucket. Um, We will talk a a little bit about some of the weaknesses, some of the concerns that we should have about Paolo Bancaro and, and again, why maybe this wasn't the pick or what we thought it wasn't the pick and how the Magic can either cover for him or kind of exceed expectations with Bancaro as the number one pick. We'll get to that. Coming up, coming, coming up here in. Got to take a quick break here to tell you a little bit about Arcade One Up. 
Arcade 1UP has huge news. You probably saw them at the NBA draft, at the Orlando Magic's NBA draft party, but you saw it there too. NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1UP, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger than ever with a, wait for it, Shaq edition machine. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, and I'm thrilled to tell you, or tell you, our listeners, that you can once again play hoops with NBA legends in the arcade classic. Jump clear across the court and set the ball on fire in one of the first sports games to ever feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade1Up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade1Up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. Check this out. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a Locked On listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Before we get back to the podcast, uh, I am recording this after I did the live feed. Um, I want to apologize to those who tried to join the live stream. I have never set one up before using OBS. I've uh, never really done one on YouTube the way that I did it th- this time. Uh, and I accidentally uh, blocked it so that it couldn't be viewed anywhere. That's my bad. Uh, I do owe you all a mailbag uh, podcast, so we will plan for that at some point. I may sneakily do a um, Spotify green room or something similar uh, later today after the press conference. Uh, so we'll so just be be on the lookout for that. Follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. In the meantime, back to the back to what back to the analysis of our pick. But obviously, um, you know, I showed the post-it note. I'll, I'll show it again. I will. I will take take this. I will take this L. Um, you know, I will take this one here. Let me just make sure you can see it perfectly. Um, I will take this one uh, on the chin. Um, the Magic went against what I thought they were going to do. And again, it's not necessarily that I am so pumped up on my own thinking. Obviously, Jeff Weltman has so much more experience in the NBA, so much more experience watching basketball, so much more access to tape and time to watch tape than I do. Uh, on these guys, uh, you know, I will defer to his judgment on a lot of things, and obviously, time will tell if this was ultimately the right decision. But you know, there, there, there was a reason why I had cooled off on Paolo Bancaro, and, and I think it is really important, even on a day when we are celebrating, when we are talking uh, about the good things that that we that they, being excited about what we're going to get in Paolo Bancaro, even when we are talking about all these things. I do think it's still important to kind of take a step back and remind ourselves or, or think a little bit about why we may not have been so sold on him. So let's just take some of these in turn. First, um, you know, the big question, I remember I was watching the NBA, NBA TV pregame show, pre-draft show um, before the ESPN coverage picked up. Uh, they interviewed Jamal Mosley and, and the host there, and Brendan Haywood was there as well. He was a, bit, he was a advocate for Palo as well for the number one pick. Uh, the host there said, you know, I think Jamal Mosley just tipped his hand saying that they value defense, that they want defense. Uh, and, and obviously that's not something Paolo Bancaro is known for. 
Um, in fact, it is probably one of his biggest weaknesses. I think he said on ESPN's broadcast before the draft that uh, he told, I think it was Malika Andrews, um, one area that he knows he needs to improve is his attention to detail on defense, his ability to stay focused on defense through fatigue. Um, just, he knows that's an area of improvement. And honestly, that's a good thing that he understands that. Now, diagnosing a problem and solving a problem are two different things, are two different uh, are two different uh, ideas um, and two different things you have to accomplish. Uh, but but undoubtedly, Paolo Bencaro's defense needs to improve. And obviously, he's going to come to a team that has a lot of really good defenders around him, whether it's Franz Wagner, whether it's Jalen Suggs, whether it's Wendell Carter. There are going to be guys that are going to be able to help him defensively. And he's not going to be asked to guard the best players in the league. I mean, other than maybe throwing him on Kevin Durant just to test the kid, um, he's not probably going to guard the best wing players in the league. Um, he'll get the stretch force. So the, the Orlando Magic will cover him. But I will say this. Um, in the games that I watched Paolo this season, I saw the potential for him to be a good defender. Um, he's got to move his feet a little bit better. It, 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 there's still a lot of work to do. There are definitely a lot of times where he just doesn't make the rotation or just misses the rotation. Um, so there is work to do on that end. But he can make really good defensive plays. It's in him to do it. And and I think one of the reasons why I kind of docked Paolo some points is, yes, the Magic value defense. As much as they need offense, they still value defense. They want to build their team on defense. And so having Paolo not be an ace defender was a bit of a concern. And not just an ace defender. Someone who you honestly had to ask, does this guy want to defend? Does you know? Not that he doesn't want to compete. He definitely wants to compete. But there were definitely moments where his attention to detail on defense were really, really lacking, and really, 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 really were troublesome uh, for a team that that wants to pride itself on its defense, that wants to be strong defensively. Um, that was one of my big concerns again. And and again, Jabari Smith is, I think, going to be an elite defender in this league. I think he's going to be a really good defender. It's, it was easy to glom onto that, especially with some of the other things that he has. But we're not here to talk about Jabari. We're here to talk about Paolo. Um, Paolo can get there defensively. I, I don't know if he'll ever be your best defender, but I think he can be a lot better defensively. And, and so I do think that that is something that he understands he needs to work on. The Magic can put him in a spot where he can work on that. The other thing is obviously his three-point shooting. That's, that's a given in this league. He is a good enough mid-range jump shooter. He's a good enough free throw shooter. It, it, it probably won't be there this year. I would expect him to shoot in the low 30s and three-point percentage uh, this year. I'm sure the Magic will give him the green light to shoot threes. It's going to take him a little bit of time to be consistent from the three-point line, but Jason Tatum wasn't much better as a three-point shooter coming out of Duke, and now he's a fantastic three-point shooter, and it's a big reason why he's able to have those big scoring games. Bancaro's three-point shot will come. If he's willing to put in the work, if he's willing to get uh, to, to do everything that he needs to do, that three-point shot will come. I have no doubt about that. I'm not super concerned about that. I think the other big thing a lot of people have questioned is, okay, this guy is a little, you know, a little bit of a ball stopper. He's a little bit of, he's definitely an ISO player. What's he going to do as a playmaker? I think, honestly, I think Paolo Bancaro's passing is super underrated. He made some really difficult passes in games against Duke. Uh, and so I do think that he slides in really, really well there where he is able to be a playmaker. I think you could you I think you could run some sets that they run for Draymond with him to be perfectly honest. I think you could run him in a pick and roll, have him pop to the three-point line. If the three's not there, you either have him at the top of the key at the free throw line, able to make overhead passes, able to make passes to cutters, 
able to kind of get the offense going, especially with a guy like Marco Fultz. I, I'm I am really excited to see him play with Marco Fultz because Fultz is going to hit him on short rolls. He's going to hit him on roll on rolls to the basket. He's going to hit him on lobs. He's going to hit him at the three point line on pops. It, it's it's going to be fu- I, you know honestly, Duke had really good guards. Duke had a really good team this year. They didn't have a playmaker like Markel Fultz. They had to run their stuff through Paolo. Uh, you know, I think we didn't see Paolo as much off the ball because they didn't have anyone else who could really kind of create and get the offense moving as well. Um, this <laughs> Playing with Markel Fultz is going to be very, very good. The other thing I think is really important too, um, Paolo had a really good connection with Mark Williams on high-low lobs uh, and, and short lobs when he gets to the basket. He's able to suck the center in. Um, obviously, doing at the NBA level is going to be very different. Having Wendell Carter, who can step out and shoot threes, is going to be a big boost to him as well. But I do like Paolo's fit with this team. Um, you know, I think it does change the offense a little bit. I think the Magic are going to have to change some offensive principles. Obviously, shooting remains a premium for this team. There's just not a lot of kind of sure shooters in this lineup, and that's going to have to be something that is addressed at some point. Um, but but I, again, Paolo, Paolo does fit this team. Um, he does. He gives them a that role that they need as a primary scorer, uh, but he also d- also should work really well with the guys they have in the roster. I mean, Franz Wagner works really well with everyone. Markel Fultz sets up everyone. Wendell Carter's really good, uh, really good in that way too. And, and again, you get you get into it. You go down that list. Yes, he should fit like a glove. And, and there's going to be some times where he has to play off the ball. But you also look at that at that group and you say, well, the one thing that they're really missing is the one guy that puts everyone in the right roles. Um, you know, Marco, we still don't really know what Marco Fultz is going to be. We still don't really know how high Marco Fultz is going to get. Um, you know, we obviously had a really strong end of the season. But Paolo Bancaro is the kind of guy that can put people in the right roles, that can be the offensive fulcrum that gets guys where they need to be to be the most successful. And again, that's a lot to put on a kid. Um, there's He's got to earn it. We'll see, what he, we'll see how the Magic start to use him during summer league. Uh, but there is a lot to like about this pick for the Orlando Magic. We're going to come up here on the end of the show here on our third segment. We'll talk a little bit about Caleb Houston and what the Magic are getting from their second round pick. We'll talk about him coming up here in just a moment. But I, I want to remind everyone, if you're watching here on the live stream, I see a few of you out there, uh, go ahead and um, leave a comment, leave a question for for me if you would like. Uh, uh, like for the podcast, I'm happy to answer any questions while I have you all here for this live for this live stream. This is an experiment that we're doing. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it works, it works. But uh, I, I want to know what you think about the pick. I'm happy. I want to I want to answer your questions if you have any about what the Magic did, what the Magic didn't do on draft night. We'll have plenty more about that coming up uh, later on in the show, but also uh, coming up next week as well as, as the Magic introduce their two picks tomorrow um, or Friday. I guess it's today now. Um, as they introduce their picks Friday, and of course we get ready for free agency next week as well. So if you're watching on the YouTube live stream, go ahead and drop a comment. I'm here to answer your questions. I'll stay on as long as we have to to answer questions and, and do all of that. Take another quick break so I can tell you a little bit about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Yes, Thursday morning they did have Paolo Bencaro as the favorite to go number one. I questioned it. I will never question you again, BetOnline.net. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs 
and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fast and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. It's going to be a long summer, folks. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Magic weren't done after uh, taking the first pick in the NBA draft. No, the the Magic had to wait a little bit. Uh, they made a they made a minor move uh, in the second round. We did not expect the Magic to take all three of their picks. They traded the 35th pick to the Los Angeles Lakers for a 2028 second round pick, the better of the Lakers or Wizards in that in that second round. Um, and cash consideration, our good friend Cash, we love you, Cash. Um, you know, not totally unexpected. I know some people were upset that the Magic kind of let that go. Um, the 35th pick ended up being, I can't see on my TV, which I'm looking behind me at. Um, let me check what the 35th pick ended up being here. Let's see what we got here. 35th pick. Uh, sorry, uh, this is what you get for, for doing a live show. Um, you know, when I was working most of the day... The 35th pick in the draft ended up being, let's get back there, uh, Max Christie uh, to the Lakers. Uh, the, obviously, the Magic traded him. Uh, Gabriel Procida went after him. Jaden Hardy, who a lot of Magic fans kind of wanted, went 37. Kennedy Chandler, who I like but is undersized, went 38. Um, so, you know, again, yeah, the Magic missed out on some interesting players, some guys that might help. Kennedy Chandler, I think, would have been good. As a third point guard for this team, um, you know, someone that you could maybe sign to a two-way contract to ha- park in the G League, see if he can be something. Uh, but, but ultimately, you know, the Magic weren't bringing three rookies to this team. They don't have the space to play those three guys. If you're going to sign someone, you want to play them. You want to to give them opportunities. So, not a surprise the Magic traded that pick. They spun it forward. They got a second-round pick. You know, a chance to get a good pick. A ch- you know, most likely will be not as good as 35, but. You know, they spun that forward. They didn't lose the asset. They didn't kind of get rid of it completely. Um, but you have the Magic stuck with the 32nd pick. At least at, at the time of this recording, um, Orlando was holding on to the 32nd pick, and they took Caleb Houston of Michigan. Houston's name uh, really started picking up steam um, in draft circles over the last couple of weeks. There are a few people that had him in the first round. This kid does have first-round talent. He's a five-star uh, prospect from uh, from Canada, I believe from Mississauga. Um, go, we love Andrew Nicholson, always and forever. Um, guy who's got great, good athleticism, good wingspan. Yes, that word still matters. Um, six foot seven, I think he had like a seven foot wingspan, seven, seven foot seven one wingspan. So really kind of long, play, long player, um, capable shooter. Uh, you know, that's the big thing. That's the big takeaway. That's the big takeaway from him. He's got good athleticism. You give him a straight line drive to the basket, he can finish there. But his his thing is he is a great spot up shooter. He is a fantastic spot up shooter, and everyone else is playing is the 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 buzz around him for the draft was his upside, was whether he uh, was whether he could become a better off the dribble guy, a better finisher at the rim. Um, those pieces just didn't really come together for him at Michigan. He averaged about ten points per game, shot thirty five point three percent, I think thirty five percent from beyond the arc. Really didn't do anything kind of spectacular on that end. But 
He's a solid defender. Um, or, you know, Michigan men are solid defenders. We know that. We know that Michigan program with Jawan Howard and John Beeline before them produce really solid pros. Um, you know, I do think there is a little bit of that. Go back to the well. You you know what that program's gonna gonna give you. Uh, but but Houston needed a lot more seasoning. Uh, if he would have stayed another year, like Jay Nivey did, uh, like Ben Matherin did, um, there's no telling whether this guy could have made a bit of a leap. Um, he's gonna have to work to improve a lot of his skills and continue to improve a lot of his game. He is a really good spot up shooter, though. I mean, you get him in a little bit of movement, that percentage goes down as it would for anyone, but. He is a really good spot-up shooter, and I think that's what ultimately enticed the Magic. I would expect that he spends a good chunk of the year in the G League. Um, you know, I think maybe he can get some time. I think there's there's a little bit of a pathway for him to play at that small forward position, especially since we don't know what the Magic are going to end up doing with Terrence Ross. Um, but I I really think that I really do like this. I, I think this is a, a a a little bit of a swing. Um, you know, people want the Magic to take swings, but. This is not as big of a swing as taking Jane Hardy, who is just kind of a wrecking ball going to the basket, um, but not much of a shooter, not much of anything else. Um, Caleb Houston has a definable NBA skill. He can be a great spot-up shooter. That's a start. He can be a decent defender. That's a start. He's got the he's got the size to kind of grow into. He's got skills he can grow into. You know, it it this pick makes a lot of sense to me. It's a player that they can develop. It's a player that if they need to play him, he can play. He can do something on the floor. But more importantly, he's a player that can continue to get a whole lot better uh, and continue to grow and add something to his game. That, that to me, is kind of what you want in a second-round pick. Maybe it's a little bit of a safer pick, but there's still a little a, a big swing here. There's still the ability to, to get a whole lot better. I like this pick for Orlando. The Magic needed to address their offense. They added a primary scorer in Paolo Bancaro. They added a, a good spot-up shooter in Caleb Houston, a potentially good 3-and-D player. That it, you know, they address needs in this draft. They didn't just draft best player available. They grabbed guys who are going to contribute to this team uh, and help this team kind of take that growth and take that next step. And again, I, I think I talked about it on yesterday's show. That's what this season's about. You know, again, just let's 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 go back and scale here. This season, last season was about figuring out what the shades of this team are going to be. This season is about putting that outline to work, putting that outline in pen, understanding what this team is, what this team wants to be, and who is going to fit that vision, who's going to be part of that team moving forward. I talked about this a lot in the pre-draft process. The Magic weren't picking their their player, they were picking their team. They were picking the team they wanted to be. And and I kind of argued that, you know, part of my problem with Paolo in, in that framework was saying, you know, he becomes an isolation player. He becomes an ISO player. He becomes a guy that you just dump the ball to, clear out, and let him go. And you do need those guys. I'm not saying you don't need those guys. But I I did feel like it fundamentally changed a good chunk of the Magic's offense, which maybe needed some fundamental changing. But it also was different than anything the Magic were doing and different from uh, anything else. And, and, and his defense was certainly a bit of a concern for me. The very, very clearly, the Magic understand or the Magic reason that Bancaro is good enough, is versatile enough, can continue to grow into more things, that he was part of the team they want to be. Now, we don't really know what that team is. We, we, you know, we think it's about the defense, we think it's about the, the, the passing, the, the three-point shooting, the, the, the speed that they play at, the intensity that they play at. We don't know. Adding a player who can improvise a little bit, like Markel Fultz, like Paolo Bancaro seems to be able to do, will help this team. Will help this team kind of fill that vision. 
Um, but obviously, this is still a blank canvas. This is still a, ver- a fairly blank canvas. The lines might be drawn, but now we're starting to paint the colors in. Paolo Bancaro is the broadest stroke this team has taken so far. Um, and we will see what he provides and what kind of team he helps this Magic team become. That's 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 the exciting part. And obviously, we will hear more from Paolo on Friday. I'll, I'll, I'll be at the press conference on Friday, so... We will hear plenty, plenty, plenty more on the, on that vision for the future and and how and what the magic ultimately look like moving forward. That's all I got prepared for today. That's my reaction to this year's NBA draft. I, I really like the the draft, to be perfectly honest. Again, like I said, you know, I was a Jabari guy uh, by by the end by the end of this draft process. Uh, but I will I will say this that um, I liked all three of these top guys. I was not going to be upset by any of these top three guys. I think I said. On lottery night, I was between Paolo and Jabari. Uh, you know, Chet got back in there. Uh, I'm not upset at all by this pick. I know that I was pretty heavily Jabari, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways. But Paolo Bancaro is a very, very good basketball player that's going to make the Orlando Magic a whole lot better. And, and I'm really, really excited uh, to have a dominant scorer like that again, to be perfectly honest. I'm really excited to see what Paolo Bancaro is able to bring to the Magic and, and whether he is able to elevate this team. I'm excited for July 7th in Summer League against the Houston Rockets. Uh, Jabari Smith and the Houston Rockets. Uh, I am excited to see what this team looks like moving forward. Um, it's going to be a very, very busy offseason. Off Obviously, we are just getting started. Tonight was a good night for the Orlando Magic. Let's let's just make that completely clear. The Magic had a very, very good night. They got a really good player, and I'm eager to see what this team becomes here in the very, very near future. This is going to be your last call for comments if you're watching on the live stream. Uh, I want to thank everyone who was able to do that. Um, you know, I, pre- I appreciate that. This is an experiment. I was doing this at midnight, you know, because I, I have a day job and I get off work at 1130. Um, so I appreciate everyone who was able to join on the live stream. I appreciate everyone who was able to, to watch, the li- watch the live stream or listen to the podcast afterwards. Hopefully we'll be able to do more live podcasts. Maybe we'll do a live stream of Jabar, of Paolo's first game or, or, or some type of reaction before his first game uh, at a little bit more of a normal time for, for some of y'all. I know midnight is is kind of late for some of my listeners, and certainly here on the East Coast it is a little bit late on a weeknight as well. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. If you don't know already, you can subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. I will be at Paolo Bancaro's introductory press conference on Friday. So definitely follow along at omagicdaily as we welcome Paolo Bancaro to the Magic family. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic, this is right. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.